discover more compassionate relations with human beings, but how can we develop compassionate relations with the other creatures with whom we share this planet? There's an us before the wound, there's an us before oppression, and let to be pleasure is a way that we tap down into that. It is Mexi and Maureen and Nicole, and we're all here together in Portland. Woohoo! <laughs> Land of Antifa. Yeah. Land of Antifa. NBLM. NBLM. Yeah. Apparently, people were real upset about it, but it's beautiful. We've been hiking in the gorgeous, I guess, hills of Portland. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just having a great time. And we're here to talk to you today about speciesism Mm -hmm. and basically how we define it and um you know a lot of the problems with the both the mainstream vegan movement but also the political vegan movement so we're really excited to talk about it before we get started i'm just gonna shout out the new patrons for this month so thank you so much to jeff adele goodman and nate stringer if you would like to support the show, you can become a monthly patron donor at patreon.com slash vegan vanguard. And for just $2 per month, you can join our bi-monthly political chats, which Nicole is often present at. I co-host the Discord with Catherine and Mad Blender. And you can also give us a one-time donation on our website, which is veganvanguardpodcast.com. So let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into it. So the inspiration for this podcast came about, it was actually a few months ago, but I got a comment on the uh, Vegan Vanguard Facebook, which was quite upsetting to me. And it was upsetting to various other people because a lot of other people commented as well, kind of in support of what I was saying. Um, I can't remember what the original post was. I think it was actually a photo of a manatee. I don't know if you remember that, that manatee that someone had you know, etched Trump into or something Mm. like that. And I had posted about the connections between speciesism and and white supremacy. And someone had commented that that was ridiculous and that speciesism isn't related to white supremacy because, uh, you know, indigenous cultures and other cultures all around the world have always been eating animals and therefore they have been speciesist, right? Like speciesism has always existed and it predated white supremacy. Mm. Uh, And I was pushing back on it and getting, you know, pretty frustrated. But I think that upon some reflection, it just made me really realize that even in the political, quote unquote, like political vegan movement, a lot of people are walking around with a definition of speciesism that isn't systemic at all. And that, you know, at the root of it, we really need to be clear about what it is we mean when we say speciesism. So then we can be clear about what it is that we are fighting in our political movement, because otherwise it devolves into something that is apolitical, consumerist, whatever, individualist. Um, But also it leads to all these contradictions where you have, you know, vegans being completely ignorant towards indigenous people and, you know, calling them speciesists and murderers and like all of this stuff 
And then saying that anyone who supports animal liberation, but also supports indigenous sovereignty is a hypocrite or engaging in like cultural relativism or all this stuff. Um, And to me, the root of that is this completely apolitical and, you know, not systemic view of speciesism that would allow you to kind of make Mm -hmm. those claims. Right. And I think it's a a huge problem and something we need to sort through if we're going to actually have like any kind of effective political vegan movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And I know, um, you know, when I was still kind of newish to the movement, you see that thing where it's like speciesism equals racism equals sexism. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm going to get that as a tattoo. (laughs) And then pretty quickly you learn, like you you hear, well, if you're part of the right spaces and following the right people, then you hear like that is not actually like an appropriate concept. And I think a lot of us maybe kind of know that, but I don't think a lot of us can explain why or get to the root of what you're saying is like, why are these systems not the same? And we see this in a lot of political movements that like every form of oppression is equated to each other as if these things are all identical and you just switch out the um, target of the oppression and it all functions the same, but it doesn't. Everything Mm -hmm. has its own flavor. Everything has its own nuances. And I think that <clears throat> you know, I've been telling you too that I just watched a big Joel video where he was talking <laughs> about this tweet where someone, some vegan was like, oh, you know, like, like explain to me what the actual difference, I'm paraphrasing, but explain to me what the actual difference between eating animals and bestiality is. And I, that wasn't the point of the video. His <laughs> point of the video is to like analyze uh, Shu Head's response to this tweet and oh, talk good. about like how people, you know, try to prove their points online and what that means. Um, but like bless his little heart, Big Joel's like, it is a good, it is a good thought exercise. It's a good question. And I'm like, oh, Big Joel. Um, <laughs> but it just brought me back into, you know, my time being really in the vegan movement and how often things like that are posed without any kind of analysis of like why that would be different. You mm-hmm. know, it's to them, it's so self-apparent that it's like a huge gotcha. Like Mm -hmm. you're doing both for pleasure and they're both like perverse and wrong. So they're equal. And to your point, you know, then it's like, well, if you follow that to its logical conclusion, then we're talking about like indigenous people are animal fuckers. Like (laughs) people who need to eat animal products for whatever reason are animal fuckers. Like, like this is not tackling what speciesism actually is, which Mm -hmm. is rooted in white supremacy, which is rooted in human exceptionalism and these other, and these systemic forms of torture and oppression. It's not about people living within their environment Mm -hmm. in a way that's sustainable and, you know, respectful, I guess we could say. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I was just really glad to have this conversation today because I'm shocked at how far we've come and yet we're still having a lot of the same conversations in these spaces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe we should start with just, you know, how do we define speciesism? Yeah. Because I think the issue for a lot of the mainstream vegan movement and also even some, you know, more quote unquote political vegans is that they're defining speciesism as, you know, we talk so much about how veganism is not a diet and it's not a grocery list. It's a political systemic movement, but then we're still treating it as if, you know, you are a speciesist if you ever consume an animal for any reason, right? Like speciesism Mm -hmm. is when any animal dies and is consumed by Mm -hmm. a human animal. Um, And so if that's your view of speciesism, then yeah, you can have some pretty 
disgusting colonial, you know, racist ideas about indigenous people and other cultures, because that's the definition that you're going from, right? Just like a human eating an animal is a <clears throat> horrible speciesist. Um, but to me, speciesism is systemic, right? It's a systemic, it's the institution of speciesism really arose with animal agriculture mainly, right? So it grew out of capitalism because capitalism actually grew out of the enclosure acts, like capitalism and the dawn of commercial agriculture are completely tied together, right? So you had the enclosure acts in England, which was the dawn of commercial agriculture and commercial animal agriculture. And that was also the dawn of capitalism because it enclosed all these areas and, you know, made all these people proletarians basically who had to go into the cities and work for, for wages. So those two systems are completely tied together. And then as AFCO says, it also completely tied to white supremacy and colonialism and the animalization of the other, the animalization of indigenous people, black people, you know, disabled, um, people. disabled people. Right. And so now speciesism in this kind of Western capitalist society are all of the laws and institutions and, you know, our economy that systemically oppress animals, that systemically, you know, bring animal bodies into these factories, turn them into living commodities and, you know, export them. And then all the laws and the infrastructure that goes around that. So like ag gag laws, you know, the, the big dairy lobbies, like, you know, all, all of these things that work together to systemically oppress animals. It's, it's like, if you think about systemic racism, right, it's an, it's institutional, it's about laws, it's about systems. Um, it's not, so when we say we're fighting speciesism, we're anti-speciesist, it doesn't mean that we're against anyone, you know, ever consuming an animal for any reason. And I think a lot of vegans are very uncomfortable with that, right? Mm -hmm. But like, for me, yeah, it's it's like I'm not fighting for a world in which no animal ever dies and is ever consumed by another animal for any reason, right? Mm -hmm. Like I am against institutional speciesism, mm -hmm. just like I'm against, you know, racism, sexism and, and whatnot. And that, to me, is why it is completely consistent for me to be for animal liberation and anti-speciesist, but also for indigenous sovereignty and not having anything to say about people who are living off the land in reciprocity with the land or whatever. Um, because a lot of people will hear that and, yeah, just like level things at me to be like, oh, you're just a cultural relativist. Oh, mm -hmm. you're inconsistent. Your philosophy is inconsistent. Um, it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, no, it makes perfect sense because I've defined speciesism. And now, you know, I want to be part of a movement that's going to attack that. So what does that mean? I want to be part of a movement that's going to, you know, be lobbying the government for change to get rid of uh, to get rid of animal subsidies. I'm part of a movement that wants to dismantle capitalism and, you know, the capitalist animal agriculture, you know, industry and all other industries that exploit animals in, in that way. Right. I'm not out here trying to stop indigenous people from doing traditional hunting. That's not what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, and I feel like a lot of people get tripped up on that. Like a lot of vegans will get challenged by non-vegans on these points and they'll kind of just make these arguments of like, Oh, well, I, I'm not worried about that, but they won't, they, they won't be able to articulate why. And then I think for the broader public, it makes them think like, Oh, well, this is inconsistent then. Like if indigenous people can eat animals, then why can't I eat animals? You know? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, yeah, it's, it's not about that. Right. Like we say all the time, this is not a, a diet. This is not about a grocery list, but we, we still treat it like a grocery list yeah. and we still treat speciesism as if you're just 
anyone consuming an animal for any reason. Yeah, and we have a huge barrier to entry for someone to even have a voice in the movement or to even have these views. It's like you do have to be following yes. this particular diet for you to even have a seat at the table to talk about your differing viewpoints with how the mainstream movement talks about these things. And, you know, that's uh, inherently filtering the movement to have like a very certain type of voice. Um, a very certain population. We know that white veganism is a huge issue in the movement. And this is a big part of why, because mm-hmm. this, this barrier has been set that doesn't work for a lot of people. And so we, uh, you know, it's, it's very effectively functioned in my opinion, as like a pretty colonist and pretty like white supremacist mechanism to say, we're only going to listen to the people who pass this arbitrary you know, barrier Mm -hmm. that we set for this conversation. And it it just tickles me, (laughs) you know, when people like use that, you know, you're um, infantilizing indigenous people or they say stuff like that in order to defend that indigenous people should not eat animals. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but you have dehumanized, like you have kept those voices out of the conversation and now you're just leveraging these talking points to Mm -hmm. make your point but you're not actually representing this community in any sort of way Mm -hmm. you're not giving them a seat at the table you're not listening you're not reading their theory you're not listening to what they have to say you're just using this line that you heard somewhere to make your to reinforce your point and I think what's really challenging for people in our movement is that we don't seem to understand that like human uh, is as much a construct as anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Human is a construct the way that whiteness is a construct. It is literally something created to create a a division between us as superior and animal as inferior. And then it's leveraged as we said in the beginning to oppress, you know, it's leveraged against animal animals, but also other human animals um, Mm -hmm. as needed. And I don't, I see what we're trying to do in the movement is like humanize animals. And I think we need to focus more on deconstructing human Mm. so that we can understand that we are on the same plane as animals and start to, I just think that shifts the paradigm of how we think about and approach our animal comrades. Mm -hmm. You know, if we can see ourselves as existing within the same ecosystem and not being above it and not having our position be to manage it, then we can start to understand how, it isn't hypocritical mm-hmm. to talk about animal rights and also defend, you know, that animal consumption might happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But if we always have this idea, because we were talking about this off air, it's like, oh, well, you know, we have these brains. I think you were saying this, like we have these brains, you know, so that's why mm-hmm. we shouldn't eat animals because we're too smart. Like we know yeah. better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, there's other animals that are as intelligent as us. And also what are we considering intelligence? You know, we're again, having this very human exceptionalism lens on this whole thing and saying that, Oh, because we evolved to have these brains, we should not now participate in nature. And it's like, but that's actually the root cause of what got us here. That's the cause of this problem is us always feeling that we were above nature and that it was ours to manage or exploit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think to some extent, what Nick is describing is, also going to then always animalize any human that isn't able to partake in Mm -hmm. like the consumerist version of veganism, which is to not consume animal products because it's saying like basically those who have a superior intellect 
mm-hmm. are able to enact speciesism in this like really pure superior way and then you know people who are disabled people who don't have income you know to to do what we do like this mm-hmm. burden that we uphold right by like stricting to uh sorry sticking to a strictly plant-based diets then like they kind of get a pass mm-hmm. you know or like we that's how we reconcile the contradiction between the fact that yeah. that like they're not fully plant-based but isn't that also then just sort of like animalizing other humans and other yeah. animals because they might still partake in like yeah. eating yeah <laughs> other animals yeah and i feel like we have defined like speciesism i think more and more people are understanding like speciesism is <laughs> theoretically right like a systemic injustice and is political but i do feel like it's it's slightly disingenuous because at the root that critique or that understanding of speciesism is only valid or acceptable to hear if you are individually practicing veganism Mm -hmm. and having a plant-based diet Mm -hmm. you know and and i think that's why like mexi when you were describing like yeah like the the systemic implications of fighting for speciesism and how that would affect laws you know and like agag laws and Mm -hmm. and really like dismantling that it's almost like we see that as less vegan like if the people dismantling that systemic speciesism the barrier to entry is that they still are practicing this like consumerist version of veganism right Mm -hmm. where they're not eating animals like any form of animal products in their daily lives because otherwise like we don't we don't really spotlight them in the vegan movement right like we're not gonna have articles celebrating what they do you know because it's like but they also need to be making like recipes, right? That like allow people to have a vegan yeah. grocery list, you know? Yeah. If anything, we would call them out as being a hypocrite. We would we would yeah. like shame them because we're like, oh, you're out here and you're fighting against the ag ag laws and you're fighting to dismantle uh, animal agriculture, but you don't eat perfectly plant based. So right. you're a hypocrite. Get out of our movement. You know, like we would tear them down. <laughs> and it's like, but you don't have that same scrutiny if you are perfectly plant based, but completely participate in capitalism. Don't take mm-hmm. any issue with those laws. and like not everyone has to be an activist out there like fighting laws like sure but like mm-hmm. why doesn't that obtain yeah. like the yeah. level the same level of scrutiny right that like exactly. maybe somebody fighting against ag ag laws who like yeah. eats eggs would yeah. you know i know like we're honestly like shooting our own movement in the foot because mm-hmm. there's so many people and we've watched this happen right like we've watched so many influencers vegan influencers be vegan or be plant-based for like however long they run into some health issues or whatever. They, they've they been told that they should eat animal products and they go back to eating animal products. And then the whole movement is just so humiliated mm-hmm. that we have to just completely disown them. Like we have to tell them that they are hypocrites, tell them that they were never vegan. They never cared about the animals. We never, we always thought that they would do this. We never believed in them and forget it, move on. Don't ever think about this person again. Right. And it's like, these people might still care about animal liberation, mm-hmm. but for whatever they probably reason, still do, they, they spent 10 years learning do. about it. Yeah. yeah. They probably still actually care about animal liberation and they could still be part of the movement. They could still be allies. They could still be, you know, fighting the fight, but yeah, people, like vegans can't wrap their head around that they, cause, because we've built the movement on a grocery list. Yeah, exactly. We've built the movement on a boycott, like on a grocery list, which is not political. It's like, you know, that's not going to do it. That's not going to overturn the systems. Yeah. Well, and it's not effective activism either, frankly, mm-hmm. because what I have found at least is that when you build a platform based around food and consumption, who you're attracting is other people who are already Mm plant-based. Whereas if you build a platform like I have in the past, and I think like you too have here as well, 
that is based on the, the politics, the theory, the philosophy, you will find that you'll attract a lot of non-vegans yeah. who are like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. like I haven't heard vegans talk about this stuff in this nuance. I haven't heard them have like this reasonable, logical, mm-hmm. you know, understanding of what uh, animal rights and animal liberation mean without focusing on the diet. Mm-hmm. And that is far more, in my experience, has been far more effective. Mm-hmm. So I just see, again, that's why I keep coming back to, to me, the movement has has such a, like, a colonizing quality because it seems to be mainstream movement, obviously. It seems to be solely interested in creating these pockets of um, homogenous thought mm-hmm. and practice and then doesn't do anything else with it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you listen to a vegan podcast that focuses more on the diet or has this very plant-based perspective over time, the philosophy doesn't change. It's just mm-hmm. this repetition of the same thing over and over and no one's being challenged, you know, to mm-hmm. grow or to forward the theory or to mm-hmm. have like a deeper, more sophisticated analysis. It just stays the same. And mm-hmm. I think that's what people want. They want, it's almost like a cult. Like they yeah. want all of us to be doing Doing and eating the same thing, saying the same thing, mm-hmm. wearing our kale t-shirts, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like listening to the same pocket, like everything. And that's, you know, like you were saying, even to the point where if someone who had been doing that kind of work comes out and is like, hey, I've had to make a change and it's kind of, it's changed the way I look at stuff. We banish them, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we um, attack them. Make that hurt them as much as we can, and then we ostracize them and and cut their voice out from the community. And Mm -hmm. it's like that is not. Anytime you have a homogenous culture, you you're you're doing something bad. Like in in that, you're going to have racism. You're going to have ableism. You're going to have all these things because you're not making space for anyone else's voice. Mm -hmm. And and we tell them they were never really vegan anyway. Yeah, they never believed. Yeah, we attack them on like a deep you know, core character. Yes. Level. Like, yeah. It's not enough to just be like, you're, you're gone. Like we're not going to listen to you anymore, which is already very violent, mm-hmm. you know, when you think of things um, mm-hmm. psychologically, but, but yeah, it's also to say like, you're a monster, like mm-hmm. you're bad mm-hmm. and you are always bad. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's extremely violent. And it's also, um, it's very abusive and it teaches other people in the community that that's what's going to happen if they do that as yes, well. Yeah. So again, you're creating this space where if for whatever reason someone decides to eat animal products again, they know they have to slink away. They have to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then what do you have left? You have mm-hmm. people who are just doing the same thing out of fear mm-hmm. and out of like a lack of other perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just come right out and, and say this, that the more that I, you know, the more that I advance in the vegan movement, the more I like, I, I think that the definition of speciesism as something that like an individual can be mm-hmm. or speciesist mm-hmm. is like kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. like, or, or not useful. Food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not useful at the very it, least. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like I think that. If capitalism, you know, and animal agriculture wasn't what it is, then like speciesism, like that word, like, right. you know, you're a speciesist, you're maybe walking in the forest or whatever, like you're harvesting your food and you're like mm-hmm. killing prey, you know, mm-hmm. like just the notion of like an individual being speciesist in that way. Yeah. As it relates to food like, is like, from the system. is a bit, at, at the very least, it's kind of unhelpful, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it 
draws us away from like you know ecosystems and other animals in a way that like I'm just not sure is very useful anymore like mm-hmm. yeah then are you saying that every animal uh, like uh, all other animals are yeah. individually speciesist as well you know because if you look out into nature like yes it's absolutely functioning as an interconnected ecosystems mm-hmm. but species are you know I know it's a social co- construct but like you get me <laughs> like they're, yeah, they're grouped together you know I was yeah. telling you guys the story of like me going to the countryside and I was like having a lot of these thoughts and we were having a lot of these conversations and I was like looking out on a field, you know, and like all the horses were together and all the cows were together, mm-hmm. you know, and like all the birds were together. And I get that this is what I was seeing, you know, like I'm not denying that there are like insects in the grass and that like, you know, there's like a big like ecosystem living all together. But like, mm-hmm. I do think that there is something to be said, like if if we were living outside of capitalism Mm -hmm. that like species you know likes tend to stick together and to survive (laughs) together you know Mm -hmm. and like that somehow is like extremely speciesist to point out Mm -hmm. or something you know like Mm -hmm. and I don't really yeah I think um I just don't really think that's useful like an individual eating an animal that's problematic because that like that animal was killed in a way that was obtained through this like capitalist animal agricultural system system that's super exploitative Mm -hmm. i don't i have kind of stopped seeing it as problematic in its own right right Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah and i think that if uh, as long as we define species as as like first and foremost this like thing that individuals can be you know like racism like sexism then like we will never i mean this explains why like veganism is like extremely like racist and antagonistic towards indigenous people because mm-hmm. we're still like, but I don't get it because at the end of the day, it's still a speciesist act that they're engaging in when they sit down to eat. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I don't... Well, and then you get, yeah, because you get the, I even heard this recently of someone being like, it might have been in that Big Joel video, but someone being like, oh, would you like eat your grandmother? Right. <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's, that's what I mean. Right. Like, it's not that I don't think animals have personhood. I absolutely do. They have sentience. They have personhood, like 100%. But we have this weird way of being like, well, but humans are just so different. And it's mm-hmm. like, and then we try to humanize animals to the point where we're making these ridiculous comparisons of like, you know, I remember getting an email once because I had been doing work kind of around this general concept and someone was like, picture this. Like, like they were like, I want to like challenge you on this. Like, picture this. Like, you go to someone's house for a dinner party and like you have this wonderful dinner and you're like complimenting the host on the meal that you just ate. And then they're like, oh, that was my grandmother. She died. She died like last week and we just ate her body. And I was like, Bro, you are so far, like, <laughs> this is just not, I was like, honestly, if that was part of someone's culture, you know, like, I, I don't, I'm like, obviously, I don't want to eat another human mm-hmm. for right. whatever reason, because a lot of animals don't eat each other, like, mm-hmm. don't eat their own kind. But like, if that was part of your culture, and like, your grandmother was like, stoked to be served at a dinner party <laughs> after she died, like, <laughs> if it's a, you know what I mean? I'm just like, that's not as shocking as you think it is to me. Mm-hmm. And it's also not relevant. It's, it's not just relevant. not a relevant comparison. And that's what I mean. Like, like, I have gotten to the point and I, you know, I'm sure I've been guilty of doing this in the past, but I've gotten to the point where calling, you know, animal consumption murder Mm-hmm. To me, just does not feel useful. Like you were saying, it's just not a useful framework because it's not the same thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like you were saying, like if you look at animals in nature, they don't often kill each other, mm-hmm. right? So like it's normal that for humans, like 
we would take it seriously to kill each other, but it doesn't mean it's the same as us killing anything else for whatever reason. Yeah, like, they kill each other in a predator-prey relationship right. that's part of a broader, like, web yeah. of relations, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm not really concerned. I don't think it's a speciesist act for people to participate in a predator-prey relationship, like, while living off the land or whatever, right? Yeah, well said. And just, yeah, like, yeah. on a side, I mean, I know people are going to be like, oh, but there's indigenous vegans and you're, like... Are of you, course. you're silencing their voices and I'm like no like obviously there's indigenous vegans and like they are having conversations in their communities but like obviously as a white settler like I'm not gonna you know that's not what I'm fighting against because I'm very I'm very clear about what I'm fighting when I say speciesism right yeah. and so like those conversations can happen in those communities but like I'm not a part of that and I don't need to be right yeah. because I don't I'm not like shocked that that's happening right um and that's not yeah that's not the issue that's harming the planet that's not the issue that's you know that's not part of the the system of oppression that like we are implicated in and that we are complicit mm -hmm. in right and if you think about other movements like if you think about the environmental movement or whatever right we don't look at like the average person i mean on the left right we don't look at the average person and say like oh my God, you're driving a car and you're doing this and you're doing this, right? Like you're not an environmentalist, you know, you're, you know, because we recognize that like we're living under a system that makes it so that we, we need to do that, right? Like we're yeah. not, we're talking about fighting for an environmental future means like fighting capitalism, fighting laws, fighting all this other stuff. Veganism is like the only movement where we recognize politically that we are supposed to be fighting the laws and we are supposed to be fighting capitalism and whatever. And yet we'll look at like the most marginal people and be like, why aren't you eating plant-based? <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> and and I, I really feel like making this point when, when Nick was speaking, like that we think we're so exceptional, right? And different mm -hmm. because we're humans and we can reason our way out of eating other animals. But that also is so delusional because mm -hmm. humans are the only species that kill each other at the rate that we do yes. intra-species yes. right yeah. like first of all actually humans are the only they're the only species where there's and we talked about this in our um in our violence uh mm -hmm. podcast like forever ago but where males systematically kill females in their own species yeah like that is the only species in which that happens right mm -hmm. and that's linked to patriarchy yeah but also when you think about how much like police kill mm -hmm. like what colonization did and how much like police kill other humans and the fact that we incarcerate in prison jail like and torture humans on the scale that we do mm -hmm. You know, and then we look at other animals and we're like, oh, but they're less evolved, yeah. right? <laughs> but, like, killing each other in the the goal of being in, like, a – what were you saying? In a prey-predator predator relationship, relationship, right? Yeah. It's, like, so incredible – so much more incredibly, like, humanistic, right? right. Or, like, like, peaceful than what yeah. we do, exactly. you know? But we're like, okay, but we do this. And we, we systematically kill each other at a level that, like, any other animal would look at that and think – I mean, that was like What's completely laughable yeah. and completely like so incredibly dysfunctional, right? Yeah. yeah. Yet we're like, but since we're vegans, you know, and we don't consume other animals, we're less speciesist than like yeah. other tigers that must kill like an <laughs> antelope to live, yeah. you know, or like yeah. indigenous or people like who must hunters. kill animals, yeah. you know, if they're like living in reciprocity with the land and for sustenance. Like mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so dishonest, mm -hmm. you know? Is, yeah. Yeah, there's no evolutionary advantage at all to especially men killing women of the species. Like, no. like yeah. men killing the people who can reproduce the species. Like, there's no advantage to that. Right. Is there an evolutionary advantage to, like, 
mass incarcerating like right. over two million people in the United States or like whatever the stat is, right. you know, and no. to like diamond mining and to yeah. child slavery for chocolate and exactly. just like so many. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny because you're right. You're completely right that if you put the predator prey relationship in contrast with all of that, it's like, well, the predator prey relationship is actually like <laughs> is a, a really good pretty, thing to strive for. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Right. And if we are considering ourselves, like you said, like if we're destructing, if we're deconstructing human and understanding that we are animals, then yeah, a predator prey relationship among us as animals is much more natural peaceful mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. than like the whole rest of the shit that we're doing right yeah and it, the rest of the shit like, that we're doing but we're vegan yeah <laughs> you know? and it goes to um you know i've been thinking about like like braiding sweetgrass think about mm-hmm. it all the time every yeah day. um but thinking about you know like and and i know i'm i'm generalizing here but but the the general like you hear indigenous philosophy of like they see, you know, they may see the rivers and the trees and the animals all as like friends. Yes. And, and you know, in relation. In relation. And that never fully made sense to me. Like, like I didn't necessarily disagree with it, but I was like, oh, just given my upbringing, like I don't fully under- comprehend that. And I feel like it's finally clicked into place for me recently thinking about all of these things that it does make sense to me because I think people hear that and they're like, oh, so you're saying like plant, like animals or plants, like they're the same thing. And it's like, no, I don't think it means that they're the same thing, but I think it means that like you just are, you have a relationship with everything in your environment and you may use a tree to build a house. You may use an animal for food, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But you're, but you're in relationship with those resources mm-hmm. and you don't see yourself as above them. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to explain indigenous theory. I'm trying to explain like how I've been able to internalize this general concept in a way that like has really shifted how I look at things. Mm-hmm. And it just makes so much sense to me mm-hmm. because I've been thinking so much about living in reciprocity and being yeah. indigenous to place. Um, I think it's a beautiful concept and I think it's a really important one for every single social movement to talk about and consider. And I think for vegans who are in this train of thought where, you know, any like, like animals have to be seen as like humans basically and given the exact same rights and considerations. Like, I don't think that they can understand what that is saying. And it's Mm -hmm. not saying that like an animal is the same thing as like a branch that fell off a tree. It's Mm -hmm. saying that like you are seeing you, it actually like elevates the environment around you and every part of that environment is a relationship to you mm-hmm. that you want to honor and respect in the way that you engage with it. It doesn't mean that you don't use those resources. Mm-hmm. It means that you have that sense of responsibility when you do. Yeah. And yeah. you assure the, susten- the the replanting of the tree yeah. or that, you know, yeah. the ongoing breeding sweetgrass was so impactful to me and helping me to understand that because she was talking about the science of studying like how human intervention on plant and animal populations actually improves mm-hmm. those populations mm-hmm. when it's done Through permaculture and- yeah when it's done in um you know a responsible way and in, and in like an intuitive way of you know if we if we harvest to like 50 percent the next harvest is actually like the next growth period mm-hmm. is actually bigger. It actually helps yeah. the plants thrive and then it helps us too. Yeah. And I was like, that is so beautiful because I've been raised in a culture that tells us that any human intervention is bad and evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get to where we're so far removed from a life like that. 
that if I think any human intervention on the environment is bad and evil, I don't know how to live. And I don't know Mm -hmm. how to imagine a future where Mm -hmm. we're not doing what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. So I think like, and this is why to me, it's such a tragedy that these kinds of voices and this kind of theory is left out of the movement because it does prevent you from being able to picture Mm-hmm. Anything that isn't this cartoonish, like mm-hmm. everyone's eating plant-based forever and then we win, you know, yeah. <laughs> and also this idea that like by doing that, we somehow have also magically solved racism and sexism and all mm-hmm. these other things because we're eating tofu and it's like, yeah, we're just missing so many steps here, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I, you know, and you get people who are like, for whatever reason, they just don't think they can give up meat or they can't give up meat. And then you've lost them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think you could sell them this idea of like, no, we need to like, we need to get to this way of living. We need to figure out how to make this work. Mm-hmm. And this is like the kind of future we can envision for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people could be like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. it's same with the technology thing. Like a lot of us don't want to get rid of technology, mm-hmm. but we want everything that we do and create to kind of have this end goal of like helping us to live in reciprocity mm-hmm. with our environment. And I think that is a vision that could motivate and mobilize a lot more people than like us being like, well, we need to see your shopping list. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought all of that up. Like, I mean, breeding sweetgrass obviously has been so impactful for me and I (laughs) recommend it to everyone. Um, But some parts of the book were pretty challenging. Like the first time that I read it, like especially the trapping um, yeah. chapter I was like oh boy you know mm-hmm. um, but yeah it challenged me I think in a really good way and yeah about the you know humans not knowing how to live um, like Cronin I don't know if, if people know um, William Cronin wrote, wrote The Wilderness Ethic and we learn about that in geography because it's a lot about like conservation but it's kind of the same idea that we have this idea of quote-unquote wilderness as this unpeopled place and this idea of any kind of human intervention Mm -hmm. as being a negative impact on the environment. So we have these national parks that we basically like, we put boundaries around them, we lock them up, although we allow commercial tourism in them. So I, yeah, there's kind of a, yeah, little, doesn't really make sense, but, um, and then, you know, outside of that, we're just allowed to live our Mm hyper-capitalist consumerist lifestyles. And we think that we've conserved by locking up this piece Mm -hmm. of land away from us. Right. Um, but then, yeah, it's like, well, if, if, if for nature to thrive, we can't be in it, then we have no place in this world. Mm-hmm. And like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. You know, we just continue what we're doing yeah. outside of it and then just allow it all to burn because of climate change and whatever. Right. Yeah. Versus, um, can you imagine if those spaces were managed in a way where you would go in and see people living mm-hmm, in reciprocity mm-hmm. and like be able to participate in that? Yeah. And you'd be like, whoa, yeah. like mm-hmm. we could do this everywhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's why they don't do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a movement, like there's an indigenous led conservation movement that I'm like working with right now that like, that's kind of like what I'm, I'm doing right now because I think that's, that holds so much potential, oh, right? Because so then we could replicate that all outside of protected areas and it wouldn't be this bounded thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, for that, to, you know, like vegans would be like, Oh my God, but like, no, like we can't have any animals dying, you know? And it's just <laughs> like, that's not, that's not the goal. Right. right. Um, and it, you know, you know, you mentioned technology and it's like, well, yeah, we can also have lab grown meat for people who need yeah. to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, if, people have disabilities or whatever, and they need to consume those products for any reason. Like there's a lot of ways that we can envision moving forward. Um, that doesn't require that everyone is so strictly plant-based, right? I just, I think like we really need to move away from this because it's like, you know, I'm so happy to be part of this political vegan movement and, you know, like you see all these comrades, you know, posting and stuff on, on Instagram, but yeah, there's just this underlying layer of like, 
we haven't moved away from the grocery list thing. Like we're still, mm-hmm. that's still our main focus and are still the main way that we think we're going to move forward to animal liberation. And even though we know it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I get so many <laughs> questions on the show all the time of, you know, people asking about like, what if I have a friend? What if I have a family member that I think could be vegan, but they're not. And like so much of the advice that, other vegans give is like, well, just help them do the best they can and keep pushing them towards being plant-based. Yeah. It's not, we'll tell them about all of the other more effective things they could be fighting for or mm-hmm. pushing for or looking for or talking mm-hmm. about, you know, in terms of like legislation mm-hmm. and things that would actually move the needle uh, or even just educating them on what speciesism actually mm-hmm. is and how right. to talk about it to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is far more effective than us going out and pushing, you know, tofu on everyone. Yeah. Um, but we don't, we, it, it's always this, all of the effort and energy, this is just what I observed so many times, all of the effort and energy just goes to that conversion. Yes. And then yeah. we never get past that with a lot of people because yeah. they, they, for one reason or another can or won't get there. And then we lose the ability. These are people who are genuinely interested in animal liberation and could be really good comrades and really good allies. Mm-hmm. But we tell them like, well, you're failing before you've even started because yeah. you're not meeting this, this minimum standard. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have a comrade now who does great work. I love her stuff. And, um, you know, she told me that like, she is extremely interested in animal liberation and like fully buys into animal rights and all of it because, you know, she has a really good analysis and she gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but she, you know, has had an eating disorder in the past and she's like, every time I try to be plant-based, it's extremely triggering. Mm-hmm. I'm just miserable the whole time. She's like the last time I did it for six months and I was just extremely depressed. And, you know, this is also like a queer black comrade. And I'm like, I don't want you to have more no. street yeah. and stress in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think that it's helpful or useful for you to have to take more, more pain and strife into your brain and your body than like you're already having to from the systemic shit you deal with. You know, she lives in like a very white, very conservative area and already deals with a lot of shit. And I'm like, I just don't see how that's useful. But I was like, I think, you know, she is a content creator and I'm like, I think you having this analysis and including that in your work is really powerful. I think that is like what to do and don't, you know, you can, you can experiment with stuff if like, being plant-based is really important to you, but I don't, don't feel like that's the thing that you have to do before you do anything else. Right. And that's not going to be your contribution to the movement. No. What you do, you know, with your grocery list. Like, and, and basically we're telling people if your grocery list doesn't look a certain way, we don't actually really care about your voice or your voice is hypocritical or um, disingenuous in some way. Yeah. And I, I had an experience that is is different is different from what Nick was just describing but like kind of similar I was talking to a kid who you know she's like 10 years old and um she like loves animals and like loves I mean she's a a better vegan than I'll ever be this is what we were saying with my partner even though you know she's not plant-based but um like she collects all these like books about insects and like knows so many facts about like all different kinds of animals and like you know, loves dogs and cats, but also like loves, like she has this whole, you know, she was telling me about like, you know, the thing is that like, we all care about like cats and dogs and that's easy, but like, what's hard is getting us to care about like, you know, the, the, the little species that like, you know, aren't fuzzy and warm, but like that we really need to care about. And like this, this spider that her grandmother had just killed, which like made her really upset, you know? And like, 
yeah, she's just like really amazing in that way and like always educates people's about uh, people's people about like facts around like these kinds of animals and the ecosystems and stuff. And she was telling me like the thing is, you know, with veganism, like I, I'm just a kid and yeah. like I, you know, I don't I don't decide what I eat like my mom does, you know, and like I go to the cafeteria and like I I, I still like yogurt, you know, and so it's like hard, you know, like maybe one day and I don't even know if she said this like but but I think that she would like to perhaps be more plant-based but like it's just not a reality in her like 10 year old life right now you Mm -hmm. know and I had to and I explained to her like everything that you're doing like to me that's veganism to me like looking at books about insects and educating people around them and educating people around like how our practices are harming them and like standing up to like your friends you know even though it's like not cool to like care for you know the cockroach in the corner or whatever like Mm -hmm. all of that to me like represents like such moral consistency that a lot of adults and even adult vegans can't necessarily like demonstrate Mm -hmm. and like that is so valuable and I'm not here telling her like that's only valuable if well okay let me educate you about that like facts yeah that you're you know (laughs) about like the all the harm that you're committing while eating an animal while eating animals focusing your energy on being like well here's how you could talk to your mom about yeah right right exactly it's like like cultivating her like like that's awesome keep at that worldview like keep fighting the good fight and then like i trust you little person other human to like then make the decision that is right for you knowing that like you have this like really killer like powerful mindset right around sustainability and ecosystems and like i'm not here telling you like that needs to look a particular way when you get older as soon as you get out of the house and can buy your own food yeah you know and and because i also feel like that's really infantilizing like Mm -hmm. trust you know like your friend like she Mm -hmm. has like this developed understanding of why animal consumption in its current state is so harmful you're not there telling her like what she needs to do to shift like we need to trust each other to do what's best for our own bodies you know yeah. Yeah. And Maureen, like ages ago, you made that video about why veganism must be anti capitalist. And, you know, this whole idea that every person who goes vegan is saving so many animals and then, like, whatever, you know. Debunked. It, <laughs> we debunked that so long ago, right? <laughs> like, we know that, like, one individual person going vegan isn't really tipping the scales. Like, it's not. That's no. not how change is Even made. Even millions of people going vegan. Even millions of people skills. going vegan. It's really not. It's, yeah. it's for it's uh, driving a new market. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, right. like I haven't checked recently, but the last time I checked, more animals have yeah. been yes. killed than ever, even though there are more vegans than ever. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I want to have um, vegan Batgirl on the show uh, <laughs> on Instagram because she talks about that all the time because she actually works lobbying the government. And, um, yeah, she talks all the time. She's like, consumer choices is not how governments change their laws. They don't give a shit. (laughs) They're they're still going to give the subsidies to big ag, you know, like that's not actually, that's not moving the needle. Right. And it's not actually saving animals. So why are we again? Yeah. Focusing on people and trying to force them to be plant-based when there's so much more that we need to be doing. Right. And yeah. And just in terms of like what we were saying before about, oh, there's certain people that just get a pass and we kind of like look down on them. Right. Um, and there's this kind of idea. It's like, okay, well, yeah, if you're disabled, sure. You know, I understand. Or, oh, you have disabled enough, if, enough Wait. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you have an eating disorder, that's sure, not disabled enough. Fine. Like, isn't. like, oh, no. really? Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it's like, it's like, where's the line? Yeah, like, where's exactly. the line? Right. Cause it's like, well, I'm a disabled person. But people would not have any, you know, they'd be like, oh, no, you're not that disabled, you know? (laughs) It's like, okay, 
whatever. Right. And like, that means that like, we wouldn't trust you to make exactly. the decision. Like that means that like the track record that you've established and like all the theory exactly. you've published, like actually, you know, Bob in the, I keep yeah. using Bob on the show. Bob, Bob yeah. in the corner can decide like, that's not good. That, yeah. Then you're a hypocrite. You know, that's and then, not like, good enough. And then like everything would be tanked. It'd be like, don't ever watch her YouTube. Don't ever go to like, she was never part of this movie. You know, yeah, she was never vegan. <laughs> yeah, which, she was never vegan. Yeah. You know, and it's like, why are we doing this to people? Like I watched recently someone um, who I follow for other reasons. Like she has kind of like a channel about like beauty and influencers um and how instagram is fake and whatever um and she was vegan but she never really talked about it and she came up recently with like a you know why i had to do Mm. this and it was purely health-based and she even she went to all these links where like she's only getting eggs like occasionally eggs from backyard chickens um she's not eating red meat you know she's it's like very like okay i'm i know where the stuff is coming from and i'm doing it sparingly um uh, you know, because I'm on this plan with my doctor because I mm-hmm. desperately needed to be right. Um, and she still, she had to turn off the comments. She had to turn off the like lights and whatever. I'm sure she just got fucking roasted. And mm-hmm. I was like, why are we doing this to people? Right. Like, and she, like you were saying, she wasn't even, a she wasn't even a vegan creator. And it's just like, this is embarrassing for the movement, right? It's this embarrassing. is embarrassing. It not only does it look bad because it looks like all these people are just invalidating the movement. And it's like, they're only invalidating the movement if the movement is a grocery list. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's embarrassing that that's mm-hmm. our We've movement our is movement so easily. Fragile. Yeah. Yeah. We've made our movement so fragile that like all these people are just embarrassing the movement, but then you're also like embarrassing yourselves. Or, like, it's like, it's, it's embarrassing to have this level of like violence, whatever, because then like who wants to be vegan? And then you have these people on the other side who are so jaded from what they just experienced that like, they don't want to touch animal liberation ever again. They're like, fine, fuck it. I guess I'm a horrible person and that's it. And then mm-hmm. they just kind of cynically yep. make jokes about it. And they're like, yeah, fine. I'm a murderer. And they just move on, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we've lost, we've lost everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I mean, if you look at like who veganism as a plant-based consumer lifestyle is not accessible to, it's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Other animals, right? Yeah. <laughs> because they don't have the, the capacity to rationalize. Mm-hmm. Children. Would only eat tofu. <laughs> right. Would right. Uh, children. A lot of times, right? Unless like, their parents are vegan. Um, right. Like people, you know, of you know, who have like low income, like mm-hmm. a lot of times, like non-white people who like have a very different um, cultural background, disabled people, mm-hmm. um, homeless people, whatever the list goes on. But like, if you like, that's like really uncomfortable mm-hmm. to be like, oh, that our movement is actually like replicating like the exact system that also disenfranchises all those groups of people, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is really unique in that way. Like, I don't think, you know, like, yeah. you know, and being anti-white supremacist or yeah. anti, um, like patriarchal or all of that, like they, they don't disenfranchise those exact groups of people yeah. that like veganism <laughs> disenfranchises that yeah. is, runs incredibly uncomfortably close right. to this, the, the structures that absolutely yeah. must be dismantled if animals are going to be helped in any kind absolutely. of way. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it also alienates us from other leftists because like having materialist analysis, like I've had so many conversations with leftists in Toronto who are part of like, you know, different organizations um, who don't, I mean, individual people in the organization might be vegan or kind of like buy into it, but as an organization, their stance is that they don't buy into veganism because they don't believe in boycotts because boycotts typically don't work. Like obviously like, you know, BDS, that kind of stuff has proven to work. Right. So in some instances it does work, but like 
on the whole, like boycotting something, especially as we've talked about how, you know, so many companies are just owned by larger mm-hmm. conglomerates. If you boycott one thing, you're not really going to bring down the conglomerate. Mm-hmm. So it's not really right. So people who have like a leftist materials perspective are like, I'm not buying this because your movement is a grocery list. And we keep saying to them like, no, 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 no. It's political and it's, it's systemic and whatever. And yet like all we ever talk about is the fucking grocery list. So like, of course, other leftists are going to write us off. Right. Yeah. And these can be allies because they are fighting capitalism. They do want to fight against all of these oppressive industries or whatever. And animal agriculture is a completely oppressive industry that they could they could get on board with fighting as against as well. But probably not if we have this litmus test of it being just mm-hmm. like. But you have to do it only if you're like buying these specific groceries. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're alienating everyone who's marginalized and other leftists. Yeah, because our analysis is so shitty. And these are leftists who know how to organize, they know how to mobilize, they know how to have effective, you know, I mean, these are like high value comrades that we could have. And yeah, we're completely alienating them. And it's because they know how to get shit done that they're like, you guys are a bunch of fucking clowns. This isn't isn't it. Yeah, this is not it. Like, I don't know what you think you're doing. And Maureen, you phrased it beautifully. But yeah, it's they, they can see. They can look in and see that we have created a structure that literally targets oppressed people for yeah. further oppression by the way that we've structured the movement. Mm-hmm. And I think we also discount how many people that is. I think we really do. Yeah. Like yeah. even learning about, you know, my own autism mm-hmm. and so learning about autism in general, like that alone, you know, autistic people tend to have a lot of trouble, like tend to be very strict about what they eat or to be very you know, quote unquote picky, which I don't really like that phrasing, but um, they tend to have a lot of digestive issues. Mm-hmm. There's there's just a lot of stuff that even just for this one community that we know is a lot bigger than we ever thought that it was before, right? Like we're now more aware of autism and how much more prevalent it is than we thought. That's a lot of fucking people. And that's just one thing that I've been looking into mm-hmm. and thinking about. So it's like, yeah, we're talking about a huge, huge population. And mm-hmm. like you said, critically a population that is already dealing with a lot of shit and Mm -hmm. it's like how fucking effective can our movement be if we're putting pressure on people who already are facing systemic oppression and then telling them it's their fault that this one other group Mm -hmm. is oppressed and that they have to individually do stuff to liberate that Mm -hmm. i was just bitching about this recently too on one of my live streams but I just had this moment the other day where I broke and I just, I just was like, fuck all these people. Like no one better tell me to do any individualistic solutions ever again. Because I'm like (laughs) so disabled right now. And I was specifically thinking about the zero waste movement at the Mm. time because every zero waste person I've ever talked to, I try to, I, you know, a lot of times they'll be like, what's the biggest barrier that you see or that you have, or, you know, what questions do you have as like someone who's not zero waste that could help you go zero waste or whatever. And I'm just always like, y'all are fucking ableist. Like Mm -hmm. you never take and classist. I think you never take into account. I've never heard a zero waste person. And I'm not saying there isn't someone out there. But again, when we're talking about kind of the mainstream movement, the party line, like I've never heard someone address the fact that all of the zero waste solutions are, you know, take a lot of time, energy, have usually a really high upfront cost. Like if you're talking about buying glass containers for things, I don't think people understand like those are heavy. Those are expensive. As someone with fibromyalgia, I cannot carry a lot of weight on my body anymore. It sucks. Like 
even a light backpack or a light bag sometimes can cause me a tremendous amount of pain. I don't have a car, so I'm like walking to the store and walking back with whatever I have, or I'm ordering delivery to help me out. It's just like simple things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a zero waste person is just like, oh, well, it's just so easy to like yeah. <laughs> go buy jars and then buy in bulk and then cook from scratch. And I'm like, you do not understand my life. <laughs> like That mm-hmm. is not easy. That is not accessible to me. And I just, and I just have this point to like, you know, make my point. I had this, this point in my day, I was taking out my recycling and I was, um, I was like feeling a lot of guilt for like, I had a couple cans in there because I had like cans of beans and I bought a couple of frozen meals to help out with stuff. And, and I was like, Oh, you know, I should be doing better. And, you know, just like (laughs) having this narrative in my head. And then I just like, all of a sudden got this like hot anger all over my body. And I was like, fuck this. Like, why am I, I am here. I'm literally have no support. I'm by myself, like physical support. I'm by myself. I'm doing the best I can. And you know, these people have gotten into my head to the point where I'm like having this horrible guilt while I'm taking out my recycling because I can't do all this stuff from scratch and like have lower waste than I have. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I, if one more fucking person comes to me with individual solutions, Mm -hmm. because like me, I listen, would it be great if we all had lower waste? Of course. Mm -hmm. But also like we know that again, it's the governments, it's the military, it's big ag. Like these are the the institutions that are really causing the most environmental damage. And if you're not starting there. By far too. I mean, it's like if you didn't buy those cans, they'd be sitting in the grocery store. Like I don't understand how we don't, we pretend that that's not a reality, right? right? Because we think that that free market capitalism actually is this perfect you know, one-to-one ratio where like, if you're yeah. buying those cans and someone out there right as you buy them is like making new cans. Right. And like, like there's Joe Schmo at the factory. And they're like, <laughs> oh, we sold two. And then, and then, you know, if enough people stop buying them, they're going to stop producing them, you know, but like, no, that aluminum has been already like harvested. Exactly. It's going to go towards something else. Like it's so complex. Exactly. Right? And, and it's so systemic. Christopher Sebastian, like super shout out to him because I always see him like, kind of giving people this analysis, but like, you know, it's stuff like people will make fun of the chopped, the pre-chopped vegetables and the plastic packaging and just be like, God, people are so fucking lazy and like, Mm -hmm. who needs this? And it's like, you know what? Sometimes I need it Mm -hmm. and I do actually need it. Right. Not like, oh, it would be nice. Or I'm going to do a video soon on like how disability aids are not luxury items. Mm -hmm. And this kind of factors into that. Like pre-cut vegetables aren't some frivolous luxury item for a lot of us. They're like a necessity. Right. And I know in your life like that you have no context for that. But like shut the fuck up then. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I feel. Like shut the fuck up and stop making assumptions about what other people should do with these individualized solutions. Why don't you go tackle all of these major industries, the governments, everything else. And then when that's all done, we can talk about Mm -hmm. what's left and what we're all going to do. Well, if that was all done, then we could design a society that like didn't have waste and didn't use plastic and didn't use like, you know, and had like social support. So like if someone like me can't cook all their meals now because everything has to be done from scratch, then like maybe we can help out. Yeah. We can have an exchange where we can help each other. Um, And I don't want to say like, I'm sure someone's going to be like, Oh, you're infantilizing disabled people like they can't do stuff of course some people are able to do more than others or some people prioritize that I can't because I have other priorities like 
literally trying to figure out how to make enough income to continue to have a home. Mm-hmm. So sorry if that is like yeah. selfish of me. <laughs> you know? um, and, and I just think like you were saying, uh, Marina, like how you put that, you know, I want people to trust me and I want people to trust each other that they're going to make the decisions that are best for them, mm-hmm. you know, and re, you know, make the right choices um, depending on what their situation is versus like policing each other and again, having this minimum barrier to entry of like, if you're not doing this, then you're not, then you're part of the problem. And it's like, don't come, I guess my message here is like, don't come to minoritized, marginalized people who are already suffering so much under the system and then tell them that they're part of the problem because you're actually part of the problem. Mm-hmm. If you're coming to me with your one focus, like everyone seems to have like zero wasters. Jesus Christ. It's like, do you know about anything else happening in the planet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sorry if I'm offending anyone, but I just had some very new experiences. But you know, it's just such a, it's such a soul focus for them. And it's like, I get it, but, but that means that you have no awareness of my situation. Mm-hmm. And to me, like you were saying, um, Maxi, like if I'm, if I'm a comrade and you're coming at me in this way, I'm not going to take you seriously mm-hmm. and I'm not going to join your movement because you're yeah. already showing such a lack of concern or awareness for say disability and mm-hmm. ableism. And what are you doing about that? Mm-hmm. If you're coming to me and offering like, Hey, I can make you a few meal- meals a week. And, um, you know, and you know that you're going to make them from scratch and you're going to do all these things to make them lower waste and like, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're coming to me to offer that as a comrade to help me, mm-hmm. even if you're doing it in a way where it's like, you know, you're then reducing waste and that's like a bonus for you, then that's cool. Mm-hmm. But if you're coming to me and being like, you need to do this and you need to do better and you're part of the problem, mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to be, we're not going to have a relationship and I'm not going to listen to you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like even, you know, recently I've seen a lot of comrades that I really respect or like, you know, new people that I'm following on like, you know, new podcasts and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, lumping veganism in like veganism always gets lumped in with zero waste with like all of these kind of like individualist, like plastic straws, like liberal individualist solutions. Um, And it's like, you know, I, I don't even... Like, I didn't, you know, I, I don't like message them or say anything because it's just like, well, to be honest, like the mainstream movement is that way. Right. Like yeah. that. And even I'm sorry to say, but like even the, the quote unquote political movement, it's like, well, I don't know. We still seem to be focusing a lot <laughs> on a grocery list or on a boycott. And like, yeah, it's it's embarrassing um, because it just feels like such an uphill battle to fight that kind of because people have really internalized that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's truth there. So it's hard to be part of these conversations or feel like you always have to be pushing back, pushing back, pushing back, be like, no, it's political. No, it's political. No, it's political. But like, you have nothing to show for it. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we need to do better, you know, like mm-hmm. we actually have to like do, do it. We actually have to enact our values and actually live a political movement into being yeah. before other people will look at us and be like, Oh yeah, that is a political movement. I can see that that's a political movement. Cause right now we're acting like it's political, but we're not, I mean, we're saying it's political, but we're not acting it like it. Mm-hmm. So they're like, no, I don't believe you. This is liberal shit, you know? Exactly. And we're like, no, yeah. it's not. And it's just not working, <laughs> you know? Well, and that's like going back to that whole like speciesism, the sexism is racism thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it, okay, that's very flawed. But like, also, if you think that, then why are you not just freely volunteering your time and energy for those other movements too? Mm-hmm. You know, but every time I would talk to vegan activists, 
or get questions from them. It's like, oh, I just joined this group to do, you know, whatever political movement. Um, how do I get them all to go vegan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or like we have these these meetings and like there's not vegan food at the meetings. How do I get them to like only serve vegan food? And I'm like, you're, you're just missing the whole thing. It's like if you do understand, and it's not to say these systems aren't connected. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. They're just not equal. They're just not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but like if you understand that these systems are connected, then like why are you not understanding that you just – participating in this group is actually helping to fight speciesism. Why are you not understanding that like you don't have to colonize everything you do with this grocery list in order to like, it's almost like they feel like they're not doing work until that has been done. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, okay, if I can get you all to eat plant-based, then we can talk about racism. You know what I mean? Like then we can start doing that work. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you not see that just helping with anti-racist work or, or doing mutual aid in your community or whatever it is like that, that is all part of Mm -hmm. how we fight speciesism. Mm -hmm. I just, and I, I can't stand the way that that is so devalued. And again, just this kind of colonizing mindset that so many vegans have of like, any, I mean, I would get questions all the time. Like, how do I get people at work to go vegan? How do I get my family to go vegan? How do I do all this stuff? And it's like, stop, Mm -hmm. stop it. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to make every space the same. Yeah. That's actually really violent. Mm -hmm. Just educate people the best you can Mm -hmm. and also educate your damn self and like care about, it's okay to have a focus, but you have to have a full analysis and you have to care about other stuff too, in order to actually be an effective activist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And veganism is a multifaceted thing. We need people with yeah. all different types of focus, exactly. you know, and who are practicing veganism in all different types of ways. Yeah. And not all those ways involve the food that they're eating. Right. You know? Right. Um, yeah. And, and I think this is, this is perhaps for our next episode on this, but I do think that like the most prominent people talking about veganism as a food based, you know, as a grocery list are able-bodied, middle to high class white men Mm -hmm. who are not taking into consideration like how you know plant-based diets are inaccessible to certain peoples and maybe harming certain types of bodies Mm -hmm. you know because their bodies might not function the same and definitely do not function the same as the bodies of like women or the bodies of you know different different people of marginalized communities And I think that, like, a way that, like, ableism just, like, runs through our veins, you know, as a society is, like, our society, like, we all need help. Like, we all need various types of aid and support. And, like, not a single person can tell me that they don't. But we've constructed a society in which, like, the help that certain people need is totally invisibilized, Mm -hmm. right? The labor that goes into making their lifestyle possible. But the way in which, for example, Nick might need support is hyper-visibilized, right? But these vegan doctors who are advocating for, like... (laughs) I don't know, maybe these zero waste solutions or cooking their own beans or eating certain types of superfoods or whatever, they also need assistance to make that possible. They might need a babysitter, you know, mm-hmm. to take care of their kids who's like a marginalized woman who like can't take care of her own kids. They might need a slow cooker. They might need whatever, like vents in their house. But like, yeah, it's just so insidious the ways in which we think only certain types of people need help. Yes. But really, we are all receiving so much help and like the billionaire class even more because all these people are fucking working for the the paycheck that they have at the end of the day. But that's just like really invisibilized. Mm-hmm. And that really structures the way that we think veganism is like should be practiced, mm-hmm. right? It invisibilizes yeah. the support that privileged vegans 
absolutely need to have mm-hmm. the privilege in terms of the material privilege, but also the health privilege, right? Yes. That they need to have in order to sustain this lifestyle. And yeah. every other kind of person, you know, is morally flawed or, or needs needs so much help that then they're not really considerate and we they're not yeah. really considered in the movement, right? Yeah. They're just they can't yeah. Well they're they're mm-hmm. too poor, they're too disabled or yeah. whatever. So yeah. We don't actually critique our own framework to be like, oh, how should we reframe this so that these voices are included? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I remember reading one of the health tomes and the the doctor who wrote it was like, oh, I take like these 32 supplements a day. <laughs> and I was like, who can afford that? Yeah. And like so ma- I have so many friends who can't swallow pills to mm-hmm. save their life. So you know what I mean? Like you were saying, like there is so- even down to the fact that some people can't swallow pills. That can be a barrier to certain things. I actually just had dinner with a friend who's, you know, plant-based, who's vegan. And she was telling me that she got a checkup recently and her doctor was like, you're severely anemic, like severely anemic. Mm -hmm. And she can't swallow pills. And um, iron supplements are really hard to take. They Mm -hmm. constipate you. They are very hard on your stomach. And they're usually they're not coated and they're just huge pills that are hard to swallow Mm -hmm. and so she told me she's like I was trying to take them but they made me feel like shit and I can't swallow them so I just didn't and she's just she's just going on being severely anemic because she is so like she was even telling me that you know she has another friend who she kind of got to be plant-based and they've had a lot of conversations about ethics and animal liberation and she's like if she was ever not plant-based anymore I just I think our friendship would suffer I just don't know Mm -hmm. like I would just think she was fake and like full of shit and all the conversations we had. And I'm just looking at her. I'm like, but honey, you need like, you need, you need a steak iron. or something. You know what I mean? I'm like, you, like this concerns me that you're okay being severely anemic and just not doing anything about it. Cause you feel like you yeah. can't. And right. to your point, like, like her body, there are these subtle nuanced things of her body that are making it so that this, this diet is not working for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she doesn't have the kind of body that can take 32 supplements in a day and fill in those gaps. And a lot of people can't afford that. And a lot of people don't have spouses who work, you know, who don't have a job. So their job can be this like labor to allow someone to live this kind of life. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah, someone like yeah. me or, you know, someone more disabled than me would be seen as like, okay, I see where your needs are. Right. But it's like, but we all have needs. It's just some of you are getting them met and some yeah, of us right. aren't. Yeah. You know, some of you have the resources to meet those needs and some of us don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that makes me concerned for your friend. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking because about it every single day. Like, I think because, about it Because, like, day. I've been in that place where you have little deficiencies at first and you just yes. fucking move past them. Yeah. And, like, I'm now at the point where I have, like, a pretty, you know, potentially severe autoimmune condition. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there were actually quite a few warning signs yeah. before getting here. But I really did not want to hear them, you know, and I was still getting by enough so that I could not challenge certain things that I'm doing, you know, and it's, yeah, like, now I'm I'm at this point where, like, it it has actually, like, really impacted my health, you know, Mm -hmm. and, like, Mm -hmm. who knows, who knows for how long, but, like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, Yeah. it's just hard for your friend, and at the same time, I'm, like, 
we ha- we all have a collective responsibility for that, you know, yeah. as yeah. Oh, as I people agree. who have like yeah. really pushed this like very prescriptive kind of diet. Exactly. Because we've boiled down to speciesism as this individualist thing that if if you eat a certain animal, if you eat an animal product, you are speciesist exactly. and you are an internal enemy in the movement. Exactly. Yeah. It makes me concerned too, because there was a time in my early twenties, um, I was vegetarian at the time, but I was like, you know, I had an eating disorder or whatever. And I was very anemic and it really fucked me up. Yeah. And it, I'm certain that that was part of everything that combined to contribute to my autoimmune <laughs> disorder and, you know, my health declining uh, very rapidly. So, yeah. Yeah. And I start, I struggle on like, should I see if there's like a liquid supplement maybe mm-hmm. in my hair, like, mm-hmm. or do I just leave it alone? You know, I don't want to be that friend who's like, Oh, you told me a thing and now I'm going to harp on you and try to like fix it. But I'm also like, I'm concerned. Yeah. You know? like, I feel like if there is a liquid supplement that would, yeah, because yeah. it might still hurt her stomach, oh, and they're mm-hmm. just iron's tough. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell her like you can still be part of this movement no yeah. matter yeah. what you need to do for your health. Yeah. Like yeah. please don't leave once yeah. you do get anemic enough to have to eat a steak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like like please, like please don't leave. You right. know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's hard because it's like if I broached that with her, would then that hurt our relationship? Mm. Because she'd be like, oh wait, you're making you're allowances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just very tricky and it just was this kind of well-timed experience I guess given that we have been talking about this to be like mm-hmm. this is such a perfect example yeah of just all of these things put together in one little interaction mm-hmm. where you know now I know that this friend is having this like pretty serious health issue mm-hmm. and is allowing it to continue because of these prescriptive politics mm-hmm. that we have in this movement mm-hmm. yeah well, I think that's kind of a natural break in, in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Going for like it's an a hour miracle. And we stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if we just let it go, we would talk for like six <laughs> hours about this. You know? yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you both for having this conversation. I think yeah, it's really important. You. I hope people receive this well. <laughs> I, hope so too. I think people will. You know, I think our audience is pretty rad. You know, um, but I can see a lot of vegans being really uncomfortable with this conversation. But honestly, I think it's something that needs to be said. I don't hear it being said anywhere. You know, I know yeah. that you used to do work around this yeah. um, on your programs, but other than that, I I don't hear it being said. And I think it's incredibly important. And we need to start changing the movement. Like we need to start actually making this a movement that is political and systemic and not a grocery list and actually mean that. Like actually fucking actually mean that. Mean which that. is hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, we but, have people stepping up to to support this and yeah. to maybe say like I eat animal products once in a while. Because mm-hmm. I also question Mm-hmm. how plant-based every single vegan is mm-hmm. and I think it's we've come to that point where we have to be brave and start just like supporting this like very publicly you know yeah. not in theory mm-hmm. but like actually supporting it because yeah. I think some people make some allowances like well okay if someone was like super super poor yeah. or super super disabled right. then maybe mm-hmm. it would where's be your good. ticket mm-hmm. for yeah yeah and I think we need more this. people with platforms just being like yeah I'm fine with it you yeah know? and exactly. I've seen like I do think a lot of like um I think a lot of like black vegans I think a lot of I think there's a lot of our like radical comrades are doing this mm-hmm. but we you know it, it's also a question of shifting who this movement allows to have a voice and yes. who's promoted yeah. and mm-hmm. and us having the wherewithal to like 
turn away from these voices that have always kind of colonized the space and looking for these other people who have always been doing this work mm-hmm. and promoting them and, and, and showing our support, you know, even just following someone on Instagram, liking their posts, sharing their yeah. posts, something like that can be really powerful Yeah, because you'll get the pushback and then you have yes. to be a person who's like, this is what no. I believe, you, you know, yeah. and like take that hit. And you'll find your people, you know, you may lose a lot of people, but then you'll get other people who are like, oh yeah, I've always had this. That's what happened for me is like, yeah, I lost a lot of people once I started being very firmly like anti-consumption veganism. But then I found like a really good core contingency of people who are like, oh my God, like, yes, this is how I feel. And this is applicable to my life. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm here. And to me, it was like worth it to lose those other people because that was not the work I wanted to do anyway. Yes. You know, so we need to be brave and like show our support publicly in one way or another, retweet people's stuff. I know it sounds silly, but yeah, that shows that there's a shift in the movement and that these voices are valid and those people need the follows and they need the support and they need the money, you know, and they've been silenced this whole time. Whereas like, CPG. <laughs> yeah. oh. I've like never ever watched her, but like I just oh. know all about her from like yeah, you. yeah, that White Walker. <laughs> um, you know, but these you know these other people get like incredibly wealthy off of perpetuating this this very colonized idea of veganism, and we need to do whatever we can to shift that and take the political hit, yes. you know, and and write it out and mm-hmm. be brave, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think this is really what we need to like leave off with. Just everyone go out. We need to shift this fucking movement. We really do. Because imagine if somebody came out with a I'm no longer vegan video. And instead of having like a million violent as fuck comments being like, you're terrible, you were never vegan, whatever. People were just like, hey, you can still be in the movement. Like, don't worry about it. Hey, let's yeah. talk about this. Hey, yeah. shoot me a message. And what are you going through? Yeah, Even let's talk about it. I want to learn from you too. Learn. That way we can support other members yeah. of the community. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say, yeah. even going so far as to be like I'm really glad you did what you needed to do for your, for health. your health I'm yeah. really glad that you did this I'm, I'm really glad you made this yeah, video very glad yeah. and like yeah let's talk about like you you, you know you, we can still fight for animal liberation yeah like, all know, the other things you yeah, can exactly. do period of that are actually way more exactly. right anyway. like imagine that that would be so beautiful yeah. you yeah. know yeah yeah you'd be indestructible and yeah like us. who cares <laughs> who cares about social clout take the political hit tell yeah. the truth tell the truth man <laughs> tell the truth so, yeah, thank you both for this great conversation. <laughs> oh, this is so fun. I yeah. know. I wish and, we could uh, record all of our podcasts. Like, I know. Yeah. Too. It's going to be so fun. But, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And we will see you next time. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Thank you. Thank you.